0: Okay, friends, here we are episode number five in the grace series. I'm Andy Jenkins. Thank you so much for joining me. If you'll take a look down in the show notes, I have some things for you. Uh, down there, there is a book, it's an ebook, uh, and some of the digital assets that go with it on identity. And so particularly today, I've referenced this a couple times in this grace basics series. However, uh, specifically today, I write more about this and teach more about it on video in that series on identity that is in the show notes. And so if you're listening along and you go, oh, hey, I think I would like to uh, maybe take the five lesson course on that, or I want to read some of the book on that, then uh, take a deeper dive down in the show notes. Okay, so here we go. This episode, I've titled it like looking in a mirror, like looking in a mirror. In the previous couple episodes, uh, literally the previous two, the basic argument that I made was this. Jesus shows us what God is like. And so uh, I think it was in episode three of this series, I really said two ago, uh, Jesus is perfect theology. Now I cued that off of a quote of someone else. Uh, Jesus really is the ideal study of God. If you want to know what God is like, you look at and study the life of Jesus. And then in the previous episode, so kind of follow up from that last episode, I really talked about three common areas that I believe we wrongly attribute to God that God actually wants to work through and in, like they're not his fault at all. So often we attribute sickness to God, We attribute storms to God, and we attribute struggles and hard situations to Him. And most of the time, there's a, well, I'd say all the time, there's a different answer. Majority of the time, God will work through those situations to do something that's really going to enable us to live at a deeper level, fuller, help other people. It doesn't mean those situations aren't hurtful that there's not a lot of pain wrapped in them. Uh, It doesn't mean they were intended by him. However, he will use them. And really what we mitigated against in that episode was tidy, easy answers. Sometimes, you know, this side of heaven, we just don't get a clean, clear answer. You've got to be okay living and walking in the shades of gray in this episode I want to shift and I want to say this here's here's kind of the basic premise from the front. Jesus not only shows you what God is like, he also shows you what you are like and what I'm like. okay He not only shows us what God our Heavenly Father is like, he gives us an accurate depiction of what it means to be human. Now, Let's start building up the base of our argument for that. Let's back it up. If you go into the New Testament, you will find that there are two titles given to Jesus, attributed to him, that honestly, there is not a lot of ink spilled on them. I don't think that I have ever heard a sermon on them. However, they, are right there in the middle of the New Testament, and they are core foundational principles of what it means to be a person that is finding and fulfilling the will of God, that is walking in your purpose, that is reflecting the full capacity of the image of the Creator and Redeemer whom you bear. Here's the titles, uh, and then I'll define them. Number one, Jesus is the last Adam. Number two, Jesus is the second man. I I know, (laughs) those are odd titles, and that's why people don't talk about them a whole lot. Number one, Jesus is the last Adam. Number two, he is the second man. Let me describe what they mean, and then I'll read the scripture to you and make some comments on the scripture as I go. The last Adam, that means... Uh, He is in Adam's line. He's like us, yet he lived a perfect life and then made the payment, made the restitution for sin and provided so many other things in the process. That's the last Adam. Number two, he's also the second man. When he was resurrected, so you got to imagine this, he dies as the last Adam. So there's something that Adam does began. Adam was the first man. He is the last Adam. So literally, there's this bloodline. Everybody's traced down to Adam. Jesus dies. When he's resurrected, he's resurrected as the second man. It's almost like he comes back to life and begins a new humanity. So to be clear, Adam started one humanity. Jesus was the last in that line that Adam began jesus died on the cross three days later he is resurrected as a new man called the second man and starts a new lineage unchained by sin and constrained to the power of the spirit okay so Here it is in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45. I'm going to read this from the Amplified Version. Uh, Thus it is written, so this is Paul writing, the first man, Adam, became a living being, that is an individual personality. The last Adam, Christ, became a life giving spirit, restoring the dead to life. But it is not the spiritual life which came first, but the physical. And then the spiritual. The first man was out of the earth. That that was Adam. Adam was the first man. Made of dust, earthly minded. The second man is the Lord out of heaven. Now those who are made out of the dust are like him who was first made out of the dust, earthly minded. And as is the man from heaven, so also are those who are heavenly minded. Now, Catch this transition. And just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, so shall we and so let us also bear the image of the man of heaven. Okay, so I I, I think you're starting to get the picture there. Just envision, just if you have a timeline of history, uh, whatever you're doing right now, you're out jogging. I need you to envision just a timeline. You're driving the car. Envision a timeline, like left to right timeline. Uh, You're doing the dishes. Envision a timeline. You're laying down, taking a nap at lunch, whatever, timeline. On the far left is when creation was called into existence. And on that six day, Adam, the first man, was created. Adam, the first man created and history runs for thousands of years until at some point, let's just say it's in the middle of your timeline, even though linearly I get it. Like there's, you know, it's going to be somewhere else farther to the right. Just envision a cross on that timeline. Jesus is born 33 years before that cross on the timeline. Jesus dies at that cross on the timeline as the last Adam. So Adam's the first man. Jesus dies as the last Adam. Three-day gap, three days later, Jesus arises as the second man. And boom, now we've got another timeline running with another line of humanity moving forward from the time of Jesus' resurrection on... You see? The cross, the resurrection, changes everything. You were past tense. You were in Adam's image, first man. You have been made new in Jesus's image, second man. Let me show you another verse that says something very similar. Romans five nineteen. For just as by one man's disobedience, which man? The first man, Adam, just as by one man's disobedience, just as by the first man's disobedience, that is, his failing to hear, heedlessness, carelessness, the many were constituted sinners. So by one man's obedience, so by the second man's obedience, the many will be constituted righteous, made acceptable to God and brought into right standing with him. You see, it's so beautiful because we, we want to put all these um, conditions of what has to happen for Jesus's work to be effectual, yet we just kind of automatically ascribe everyone Adam's sin. Like even if we don't like the fact that Adam sinned and it caused this whole world to just kind of run amok, you know, and to go into decay, we're like, yeah, that happened. We all sinned because we're born of like sinners. But here Paul's saying... All right, in the same way, in the same way that the first man's disobedience spread everyone and changed their identity, in that same way, the second man's obedience, it transformed everyone in its wake. Um... You you could think about it like this. Okay, Jesus is filling two roles. Number one, he's the last Adam. He's ending what Adam started, and he's the second man. He's beginning something new. So, as that last Adam, he is ending the old race of humanity, the sinful race. As the second man, he's beginning a new race of righteousness. As the last Adam, he died at the cross, Never to live in that way again. Sin does not have resurrection power. As the second man, Jesus was resurrected from the tomb, though, never to face death again. As the last Adam, it means that you died with Christ. See, Romans 6 6 says, "We, We know that our old self was crucified with him, When was he crucified? As the last Adam. We know that our old self was crucified with him and that the body of sin might be done away with, or actually so that the body of sin might be done away with. That means as the second man, we arose with Jesus as the new man with a completely changed identity. Uh, As the last Adam, again, we died. And we're cleansed of our old sins. The payment has been made. We, we have a different identity. We rise with this resurrection power. The life of the Spirit is now available if you choose to tap into it. So Romans 8.11 says the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. He's there already. He's, he's there. It's already something that's true of you. And just as reading the Scripture now. Just as God raised Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal body by the same Spirit who now lives in you. Okay, think think again. The The two titles. Here's the two titles. The last Adam, the second man. As the last Adam, Jesus was in Adam's line, like us but lived a perfect life and made the payment for sin. As the second man, he resurrected. So he died as the last Adam, but he comes back to life as the second man. He starts a new humanity, and now you are in the line of Jesus. You're in his image, not Adam's. You see, like in the previous two talks ago, We said Jesus is perfect theology. Uh, that, That means to know what God is like, you look at Jesus. Jesus is the perfect study of God. Now I'm saying this Jesus is also perfect anthropology. To know what we're designed to be like, look at Jesus. He shows us what it means to be fully alive fully submitted to the will of the Father, walking in the full-throttle, unhindered power of the Spirit. Uh, Growing up, you know, with a religious background, there are things that I remember wrongly saying and believing that smack of the old identity, not the new. For for instance, I used to think things like this, God made me holy, but I need to work out my holiness. Or I used to say things like, I'm righteous, but I need to defeat sin in my life. Or you say things like, I'm not perfect, I'm just forgiven. Or I'm just a sinner, saved by grace. Those statements, they seem correct, they seem true, but they subtly misalign us off of the reality that our entire makeup, our spiritual DNA, has transformed. You might even think about it like this, the change uh, growing up in the church, I saw baptisms happen regularly. I, I was at a church that was alive. I was so fortunate. And I continue want to remind you that because I think so many times on the podcast here, I talk about some of the things that, hey, I learned this and I like, this wasn't completely right, you know, or you're kind of correcting things. But I also want to kind of bring back that tension to like, hey, this was an incredible place, an amazing foundation. We saw baptisms happen regularly there, and what I learned later on was that baptism is this picture, this imagery, this illustration of what God is doing in our life, and it has everything to do with this Jesus being the last Adam and the second man, and our identity being so tied up in everything that he did that we emerge from an encounter with him completely transformed. Uh, Think about it like this. Uh, When somebody's baptized and we bury them in the water. So I'm talking about baptism by submersion. We, We take them totally under the water. It's really mimicking as we take them under that Jesus died in the past. So Jesus, the last Adam, the last man standing in that line of sin and chaos buried after he makes the payment for sin. So we're buried in the water, submerged, but then we take the person out of the water. They're arising, showing the resurrection of Jesus. He's arising out of his grave as the second man, starting this new humanity. The power of the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, Romans 8, 11, now lives, dwells inside of you. The scripture teaches us in Colossians that the fullness of the deity dwelled in Jesus, and now the fullness of Jesus is in you. You arise from the old self. The old self is now dead, is what Romans 6 says. Dead. Not kicking and screaming, kind of fighting, not wanting to go down. Dead. Gone. And you have this new spiritual transformed Here it is, Romans 6, 6, and 6, 7. The old self was crucified so that the body of sin might be done away with because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Again, your entire makeup, your spiritual DNA radically transformed, changed, new. Do you see? My prayer for you as I sign off is that the Lord would bless you, keep you, be gracious, shine, favor upon you, and may you feel the old self shed, the new self that walks in the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, per Romans eight eleven, now alive. May you see the old identity of the sinner gone. You're no longer a sinner who just happens to be forgiven. No, you're a saint that sometimes struggles with some things that you're working out. But your identity is new, changed, transformed. Grace, peace, I'll see you again soon.